0: Hello, this is Dr. Adam Slaver and this is Warrior Health. And today we're going to speak about laughter. Yay. Today I actually have a special guest, a very dear friend of mine, Mona Aramishan. She is a comedian extraordinaire. And um, she's actually uh, an international comedian based in her hometown of Chicago. She performed, emceed, and produced comedy shows, co- competitions, and even ma- uh, events in major clubs, theaters, and universities around the world. In addition to comedy, Mona is a sought-after speaker for experience using stand-up comedy to bring joy and affinity to various sociopolitical socio-po- uh, topics to the United States, Europe, Africa, and the Middle East. Mona has been a master in international development and has fluent in English, German, and Arabic. She performs in these languages. Having lived and worked around the world, Mona uses her global insight and homegrown Chicago style to offer a fresh look at shifting frustration into funny. Mostly, Mona became the first Arab and Muslim woman to perform stand-up comedy in the nation's most prestigious uh, uh, institutions, Carnegie Hall in New York City, as well as the Kennedy Center in Washington, D.C., twice, and has been featured headli- headliner in the October this October 2018. Currently, Mona is back home touring the U.S., having just completed her summer tour throughout the West Bank, Switzerland, and the United Kingdom. As an international producer, host, and headliner, Mona has been less than one week performing, uh, in one, less than one week, performed and produced nine shows, spanning Palestine, Switzerland, and the heart of London's thriving comedy scene. While in London, Mona was a special feature guest, honoring her self-produced tour, Islam Channel, as featuring as a thriving female Muslim in the go- global entertainment, which was broadcast to over 100 countries. In addition to regularly performing in the U.S. and Canada, as well as the EU, the UK, and the Middle East, Mona is a sought-after headliner on the African continent becoming a regular in the South African market. Mona has just recently headlined uh, uh, one of the most common uh, co- one of the world's top ten comedy establishment, the Cape Town Comedy Club, and returns to tour the entire sub-Saharan African region again early in 2019. Mona, I want to thank you for being here today. And I just um, I, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about laughter, because laughter is such a healing modality. Such a wonderful modality to help not only relieve really tension and stress allay fears but also bring connection absolutely. love and understanding yes. Mona can you talk to me a little bit about uh, comedy and language and how language uh, affects our everyday being and the nuances as well as meaning and power behind them?
1: absolutely so thank you so much for having me and anyone that's listening man you chose something awesome so Stay tuned for anything that comes from Adam because he's amazing. So in essence, when we're in a room and either we're singing together or we laugh together, the the human heartbeat synchronizes. So for me, laughter laughter is God. It's the fine line between comedy and tragedy, and it's the one thing that can relieve the great pressure of a fight, an argument, a frustration. If you could look at it from a perspective of, hmm, If I was writing this episode of this situation on friends, how would I create this character? And instantly you could feel the shift in your rage into your laughter. So with that, language allows the ability to communicate that and for the people in the audience to feel connected. So language is when I speak and when I be comedy, it's in all of me. So I literally say, I literally say ole. I literally say ole before I get on stage so that I'm I'm literally coming from nothing and trusting pure instinct so that when I create the, when I create the laughter in the room, it's so pure and authentic because I've moved the energy that they created by questions. So really what I do is I engage by question and response, almost like church. And what's so beautiful is that the, re- the real, real, real comedy comes from the Jewish community. And it is it is the birthright. If you've ever been to a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah, it's absolutely the original stand-up comedy club. And I'm so grateful that the original guy that did it in the United States Lenny Bruce started in Chicago at the Playboy Club. And remember, he, he, he got arrested for those words regularly. Yeah. So that language, being able to communicate this, this methodology of the really the modern day philosopher has been such a gift to be able to take it all over the world. And language has been this beautiful thing that I get to use so that the audience can feel heard. So when I'm in Palestine, Israel, knowing I can speak in Arabic and English on a stage and knowing even another comic can add the Hebrew perspective, it feels one. It feels one. So laughter, language is the way we can feel our real body and soul and our community understood that we're not alone. So I absolutely love comedy, and, and I, we really are the modern-day philosophers. And it's you true. can see around the world, everyone is consuming and producing comedy. It's,
0: it's very, very true. You know, the fact that we're able to get together and just look at a situation, and just laugh about oh it. Oh, my gosh. Brings us together. Realize that we're not all that different.
1: Yes, absolutely. We all have
0: a lot of similarities. Yes, yes, yes. And if we could only tap into that more often, how much more better of a uh, world it would be.
1: Right. One of the things that's really interesting is that I've done a lot of uh, con- research because of my, who I am, is that fear blocks creativity. So if you're in a situation and you know, and you, you're like, Oh, and you feel constricted and you're like, Oh, that's fear. How can I laugh about it? Then it opens up access to the creative, creative. solution that you need. Yeah. So it's really this like door. Yeah. I really love it. So.
0: So I wanted to ask you a question yes. that, um, that's always come to mind. You know, when I think of my childhood, I think of, of, of uh shows that were on T V and reruns, things like um, I Love Lucy or The Brady Bunch or Word. Gilligan's Island. And if you look at the, the comedy that they had there, if you look at their their choice of words, you could you could actually see the brilliance. Yeah. The brilliance of how they're able to convey over laughter and joy yes. and happiness yes. without using a lot of the expletives that we hear absolutely. nowadays. Absolutely.
1: Yes, absolutely. So one of the things that's beautiful is if you're ever interested, go on on Netflix. They do these series of decades, and one of the components in the beginning of the, of like the episodes around a decade where it's looking at, let's say, the 70s or the 80s is that they look at the television and what really is profound for those of us that were watching TV in the late 70s and all through the 80s, the reruns that were created of TV that was produced in the 70s is as a result of James Burroughs and James Burroughs was gutsy enough. And if you look at the true, some of the greatest TV, um, Gary Marshall, these guys stood for something. And the reason why you love... That is because the fifties and the sixties, their style of TV was almost masking. But it was this was wholesome. It yeah. was whitewashed. It was right. almost
0: like what we see on Facebook and Instagram. Absolutely,
1: right? So the seventies they took remember Mash? Yeah. MASH is a beautiful example. Mash it's a messy cheers.
0: situation. Yeah. But they made light. Right. Of it. And they that was you felt
1: right. And so my request is not not my, my request, what I see on the horizon is we're gonna get back to that because we've gotten so off kilter as I mean, it's, it's okay. But I really, really loved that we could, we could tap into all the signals we were getting as kids from, because you remember an eighties kid saw certain things that they didn't know how to navigate and they only had their toys and they had their TV to navigate it. So an eighties kid literally sat in school, all of us in 1986 and we watched the challenger explode knowing there was a teacher on there. Right. And there's that. Then we saw the Berlin wall come down. Then we saw O.J. get away with murder, and they are like, wait a minute. Then, you know, so there's all these signals that started happening back and forth, but essentially the theme was this. if Outside of two people, if you do good in the world, you will be murdered. If you do bad in the world, you will be free. So the mixed messaging has actually um, m- made the 80s kid and the 70s kid kind of feel like, huh?
0: Cynical. Right?
1: Yeah. So navigating that space and being able to to reconcile and understand that, okay, there were actually missed messages. And if we can keep the one beacon, the two beacons that actually have, that actually died of old age, that did something good in the world and took a stand, is Mother Teresa and Nelson Mandela. Everyone else was gunned down, murdered down, poisoned. So if we can really just be integrous with who we are and what we stand for and know that we're protected and just elevate that little of vibration and when we are scared going back to our care bears, our My Little Ponies, mm-hmm. our um the reruns that were running on TV, the innocence of like Small Wonder, and then putting that juxtaposed to a lot of the TV that was created in the nineties. Really one of my major concerns is sex in the city. Mm-hmm. What it generated. If you watch that now, the way Samantha was so flippant with men.
0: And exactly. And
1: that actually I believe created a great deal of impact because they're subconscious. Like look at Kim Kardashian, she really is Princess Jasmine. Mm-hmm. So that level of consumption and what it generated and how we
0: manifested with yeah, the
1: world right, and our, our great, right? And one of the things Hollywood forgets is that you you are what you speak. So some of our great actors end up dying or having the life they acted. Correct. Right. So Correct. like um, Liam Neeson in Love Actually had a wife that died. Right. Yeah. So his wife died. Um, you look at Robin Williams. Robin yeah. Williams. And Anthony Bourdain, the level of suicide, and what was going on. I'm like, hold on, what's going on? So let's be intentional look, look about at what Heath we. Ledger,
0: right? It happened with him when he was taking right. the role of, of of the Joker. Yes, he actually became
1: the Joker. See, and or um, uh, Jim Carrey became yeah. who? He became um Andy Kaufman. Yeah. He literally channeled. Oh, I'm feeling him now. Wow. <laughs> so let's be intentional with what we say and what we produce and honor what we're consuming. Yeah. So when I'm performing in South Africa, the South African situation is such that. It was watching the TV that was coming out of the United States because in South Africa, television, while they were dealing with apartheid, was evidence of hope because they could get out of the civil rights movement. And they Mm. did, right? Yeah. So South Africa watched and consumed. And that's why the comedy outside of the United States has been replicating and being the deaf comedy gem methodology, a lot of the comedy that was broadcasted around the world, they've consumed it, and now they're regenerating it back. So America actually has to stop for a second and listen to what's coming back to them and really enjoy that.
0: That's awesome. So you mentioned that you you were doing some work in South Africa. Yeah. Um, You mentioned to me that you were working with a school there, the Hurtulia School. Oh God, yes. tell me a little more about that?
1: Yes, so this is how much God loves me. Oh my God, God loves me. So I, I was given a small seed fund to do kids' comedy workshops. And the way what the kids comedy workshop really is it's a it's a comedy workshop where we do improv stand up and I use the comedy club as a microcosm for society and the way we do it is through play and basically showing them that that the as we're doing the games and playing and, and creating um, workshops so that there was a finale show I have to put them under pressure so they stand up right um, so the the pressure of the show allows them to focus and figure out their fear. And I always say, you don't have to be, you don't have to fear being on stage because really a true leader is not just the person on the microphone. It's the Per, making sure the microphone works mm-hmm. making sure the lights are on making sure that someone's singing. otherwise you're not a leader you're just standing there st- st- yelling Sting at the dark place. right and that's what comedians have been doing is that something happened so young that they've been yelling around the world somebody listen to me and so when I use that in the school environment it's so empowering and engaging and I really really empower their voice so when I was in Cape Town on tour I had I had a little bit of um, really just support to be able to try this and the Her- United Hertzlia Schools is one of the most beautiful places in the world it's in it's kind of in a about a, like a little compound but these kids are amazing absolutely amazing and they they love and need stand-up so when I ended up doing a 90-minute workshop with these kids and I empowered them you could see whether you could find the class clown the fat chick you could find all your classic tropes of high school about to be but by getting them at like a, a kind of a you know, freshman or, you know, 12, 15-year-old age, and I'm an adult, so I'm an adult playing with them and empowering them and their voice, that really is, it was really sparked by the, the knowledge I got of Dave Chappelle. When I found Dave Chappelle actually knew he wanted to be a comedian at like 13, and he told his family, and his family believed him, and his family took him to a club, that is love. Mm-hmm. And so if I could go around the world Doing that because I didn't get comedy until I got yelled at by my family. <laughs> mm. It's time. And I had just finished my master's. I had yeah. just gotten back. So being able to, to do these classes and the United Hertz Hertzlia School is such a beautiful institution. You know, one of the things that the, there's this archway in there, they say, if you will it, it is no legend. Yeah. It's one of the most powerful things that I have seen to really embrace God yeah. and surrender to the flow to the will so that was what I've been doing there I'm going I'm, my intention is to go back mm-hmm. I'm, I'm actually seeking funding and support I've done proposals so that we go back and re, and do the um, full-on festival where we do eight weeks of training and the finale of the show is on Youth Day. In South Africa, because in uh, on the June 16th there was a, a massacre of children in in the South in South Africa, and they honor as a as a collective, the whole country comes together and honors Youth Day. So my intention is June 16th that I'll be doing yeah. the first ever kids comedy festival in yeah. Cape Town.
0: You know when I, I, I when I look at you and I, I see your life, I see wow. you're a, a quite remarkable human being. Thank you, Adam. Someone who's over- overcome many many challenges, many many obstacles, many many. Um, Stereotypes. Thank you. Can you tell me a little bit more about how challenging it was to come out as a comedian uh, with with all that backstory?
1: Yeah. So you know, like I was your classic. I was just. A, I'm a mixed kid. So y- you know, when you're when you have ethnic roots that are deeper than America. Yes. Go. Yeah. When you have ethnic roots that are deeper than America, you and you your home life and family life supports something bigger than just what's on TV, you're held to a standard that mediocrity doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and so the frustration I had was, there was a lot of stuff going on. So physically I was extremely overweight, but then I lost the weight. And when I lost the weight, I realized people changed how they treated me. So I had this evolution of both body and then my intellect. And one of the things I found is that comedy, I had been treating them when I f- was younger, I thought they were dumb. I didn't know really the level of intellect you have to have and the level of surrender to be able to go in that space. There are nuances, Yeah,
0: there's subtleties, and the, all these things are, are just amazing. And you have to be pretty damn bright Yeah, to, yeah. to weave that yeah. into your story. Or in great being. deal of pain. You do have to be great. Pain. Yeah,
1: so the, typically every comedian that is dealing with severe um, substance abuse hasn't tapped into why they're using the microphone. Yeah. If they understand that, than the struggle of heroin and um, cannabis, wrongly used by the way, um, alcohol, food, and when I, when I, yes, so when I, I do my, my comp, my, uh, I do an open mic, and uh, and it's a riff, it's, so you have to come to the space not knowing anything, because you're going to create on the fly, and one of the things I teach these young comics is figure out your vice now, son, mm-hmm. figure it out now, because yeah. when all the money shows up and your dream is true, that vice will still be there, and it could bring your empire down.
0: It can i can yeah mona you are an absolutely powerful wonderful loving kind strong human being thank you and i'm so happy to call you my friend thank you thank you and and, and my sister
1: thank absolutely i am you man I, I am you i we drew we drew to each other because we were up to something big bigger, bigger. bigger. so allow me to be of service to you and anyone you know Same here. i totally trust everything you put me in
0: mona we're going to um, put up on the the, um, the website your, all your contact information. Thank you. Because if anyone wants to get in touch with you or find out your travel schedule. Thank you. Or help support you in any way. Thank you so much. Um, but I wanted to thank you so much for giving your time today. Thank you, honey. You really are an amazing person. And I wanted to um just wish you all the best of luck in all your endeavors.
1: Happy birthday, Adam. Thank happy you. birthday. Happy April Fool's do. Day. And shalom, my love.
0: Shalom, shalom. And this is Warrior Health with Dr. Adam Splavor and Mona Abramishan. And with that, we'll see you next week.